open to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Second Corinthians three, one of my favorite whole chapters in the Bible, um, and we're actually going to read through it here in just a moment. <clears throat> I'm going to pray, and then uh, the Lord's given me some things here to encourage you and pour courage into you. I want to say that um, we we really want to. I, I hate saying saying it this way because it, I, I don't want it to be misunderstood that, but we're really going to shift gears um, here at the church. Um, again, I don't mean that we have it. I think we learn new gears and new abilities, and I feel like it's time for us to shift into a little bit more um, passion, hunger, drive, and pursuit of the things of God. Um, just pursuing the vision. Like we don't just we don't meet here um, at the Bridge Church because we're fulfilling an obligation to attend a church. We have a vision. Like we really have a vision. My my vision hasn't changed since I was young. I want to see a city. Love Jesus, period. When I was working with kids, that's, that was my vision. I want these kids to love Jesus, and I want their friends to love them. When I grew a little older and I became a youth pastor, it didn't change. I wanted the kids that were in there to see that Jesus was real, that church wasn't boring, so that their friends that didn't know God and never heard of God or anything with the church, they didn't like the church, would be interested in at least hearing the message of the gospel. Because I knew even as a child and as a teenager and as a young adult that when people hear the message of Jesus, how can you say no to it? Like, honestly, it's the best message on the planet. It's the best news. It's called the good news for a reason. It is the good news. And so I haven't changed from when I was a kid to a teenager, a young adult, to now. I want those that come here to love Jesus with their whole heart. I love that we sing about Jesus because it's all for him. He's the king, and I love that. And I want it to be a place where, where no matter what your background is, whether you've been in church forever or this is your first church service, that you will feel comfortable here and that you'll be loved and treated well when you're here and that you'll hear the gospel message. And then I want it to be a place where people are so hungry and they've been so touched by the love of Jesus and that it's such a good message. It's not a threatening message. That everywhere they go, they tell people about how awesome this news is. Without the church language to it, without the rules and the, 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 the stuff that we throw out first when it shouldn't be the first stuff that the people hear. That's my vision. I want people to love Jesus. Everywhere I go, I want people to encounter Jesus. Whatever I do, I, you know, we were, we were uh, doing the, the discipleship in the coffee shop this morning and, and in second. Uh, Samuel 10 verse 6 and 7 it says the Holy Spirit came upon them the Spirit of God came upon them and they prophesied and he changed them into another person and then he told them after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and these signs have been proven to you do whatever the occasion requires of you in other words when Holy Spirit comes upon a church when we really get filled with the Spirit of God whatever occasion we find ourselves in we have a solution to it we have an answer to it, and we can perform according to heaven's will in any situation. And we have the discretion to do that. To me, that's amazing to me. Like, Holy Spirit doesn't have to come down and draw me a diagram on, on a blackboard for me to get it. 
He's in me. He rises up from within me, and I'm capable and empowered to do whatever the occasion requires. That's the vision of this house, that the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God, that his presence will be in our homes, in our church, in our community, and the earth. This is how we do it. And so we don't gather here because this is what we've always done. I don't gather here because this is my occupation. I don't, well, I don't come here because this is what I this, We have a vision here. And we want to see it come to pass. So we're, I, I think we're going to talk a whole lot more about vision. And we're going to give a whole lot more opportunities to see that acted out in everyone's life. I just, I'm, I'm, I don't want to do what we've always done. Amen? <clears throat> so are you ready? Ready, ready, ready? 2 Corinthians 3. I'm going to encourage you. I think there's about five points of encouragement that I want to point out in this passage. So I'm going to read it first. And then we'll go through it. Um, Father, we thank you again for today. I I thank you that as we sang together, as we became unified in one voice, I felt your presence come. I felt your, your glory come in the room. As we sing glory in the highest, I felt you here. And I love that when you do that. I feel that when I'm alone. But I love it so much more when we're all together. And so thank you for that. I pray, Lord, that in this time right now that you would anoint me to say what I need to say, that it would find a good place in people's hearts, that it would produce good fruit. I pray you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you better, God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, 2 Corinthians 3. Are we beginning to commend uh, ourselves again? Or we, or do we need some letters? Let me make sure I'm in the right spot. It feels like I'm. Sorry, I have different translations. I want to make sure I have the right one. All right, ready? Or do we need, as some, letters of com- uh, commendation to you for, from or from you? You are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by all men, being manifested that you are a letter of Christ. I love that. We are the letter of Christ. He's written on our hearts that all men can read who he is, right? Cared for by us. He's saying basically the apostles care for you as the letters of Christ. So the job of the the church leadership is to care for and and to equip and empower you so that you're the best letter you can be, all right? Written, and I love this part, written not with ink. And some some translation says not written on stone, tablets, but written with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human flesh and heart. I love that. We are not rigid. We're not of the old covenant that was written on stone. We're written, it's written by the spirit on our hearts. So this is the confidence we have through Christ toward God. Verse five, that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. So we're not adequate just because we're all that. We're awesome. We're adequate because he rises up from within us with adequacy. And that word adequate really means full of power, empowered, equipped. And then verse 6. He also made us adequate as servants of the new covenant. So now not only are we in this, this thing, but now we're servants of a new covenant. Remember the one that's written with the spirit on flesh, not the old that was written on the stone, right? So we're adequate, adequate new servants of this new covenant. For the 
letter from the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. I want to read that again. Not of the letter which kills, but the Spirit which gives life. But if the ministry of death in letters engraved on stone came with glory, so even the old covenant, the old stone, the old rigid thing was written on stone, but it had glory with it. And then he says, so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory on his face, fading as it was. How will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even with more glory? For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, how much more will the ministry of righteousness abound in glory? For indeed, what had glory? In this case, has no glory because of the glory that now surpasses it. In other words, the old covenant, the old law written on stone, that was a ministry of condemnation, that when you read it, you felt condemned. It had glory with it. But this new covenant that's written by the Spirit of God, written on our hearts, it comes with the surpassing glory than the old glory because it doesn't bring condemnation. It doesn't point out your flaws It doesn't start us off with a deficit. It starts us off with abundance. And that is who we're ministers of. That covenant is who we're part of. That is what's written on us. So when we live our lives and we go around town and we do things, right? If people are seeing the old ministry that's that's condemning, there's a a belief inside of us that believes in, in guilt and condemnation. But what does the Bible say in Romans? There is, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ set us free from the law of death. So when people read us as letters of this new covenant, what should they experience from us? Life, spirit, joy, happiness, hope. When we have a crisis in our family and our kids look at our countenance and our face, they shouldn't see fear and regret and shame and condemnation and, uh, you know, freak out mode. They should see the, the law of the spirit, which is life. There's hope. Amen. For if the old law, if the old covenant had glory, so much glory that when the, even when they read the old law of condemnation, Moses' face would light up with glory, so much so that they couldn't even look at him, even though it was fading away. Verse 11, for if that which fades away had glory, how much more will that which remains have glory? It doesn't go away it doesn't dissipate it doesn't diminish it increases from glory to glory from strength to strength all right let's move on verse 12 therefore having such a hope after reading all that he's like if your response right now to everything i just said isn't hope then go back and reread it until you have hope therefore having such hope We use great boldness when we speak. We are not like Moses, 
who used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of that which was fading away. See, it wasn't just the people saying, oh, we can't look at you right now. It was Moses as the servant of God saying, I don't want you to see that this fades off of me. I don't want you to know that I'm not always this holy. I didn't even think to go here, but I'm going to take just a side rabbit trail just for a moment. In community, in church, which a church should be a community. It shouldn't be an organization. It's, it's an organism. It should be alive. And when we get together, the glory of God comes because the Spirit is on us. He's written on our hearts. And it's seen by all men as it's written on our hearts. And when we gather together, the glory should increase. Now, I know in the past, I always felt, because I've, I had things about me that I didn't want people to know, personality characteristics, I'd get angry, or I, I was moody, or I, I just wasn't a very nice person in other ways, right? And we all have little things that, like, our, we save those things for our family. They can handle it. <laughs> they can handle it. It's, the, it's a similar as Moses saying, look, I, I don't want you to know that this holiness dissipates. And I want you to hear that as we move forward in the future, you're going to hear the community a lot, and we're going to figure out a way to, to really not, not make it something we, we talk about, but something we really force to happen. I mean this. Someone said of Mandy, I think maybe it was Jeremy or someone was saying, Mandy just has a way of getting you to do something that you d- didn't really want to do. Maybe. Is that, I don't know how you worded it, but it's, it's like exactly. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry if I misrepresented Jeremy, but it came to me here. Someone else has said it too. Like, I, I've said it. Like, Mandy has a way, and, and that's one of the things I value about her in marriage, is she has a way of, of nudging me in a direction I should be going, but I didn't necessarily even think that I wanted to go there. And I want us as leadership to nudge you in a direction of community. Because it's okay for us to see each other's faults. We're not going anywhere. It's okay we don't have it all together. None of us do. It's all right. The secret is out. And what makes community really the most valuable is when people say, you're right, I don't have it all together. And I know you don't have it all together, but let's not have it all together together. Let's do this together. Let's do this scared. Let's do this hurt, whatever we have to do, but we're going to stick together here. Because the wine is found in the cluster. It's not in the grape. One grape cannot produce the wine. It takes a cluster. And so in this new season, in this shifting gears, we don't have to put the facades up and say, oh, I don't want you to know that my holiness that you see at church or wherever it is dissipates. It's okay. Our, our holiness doesn't dissipate. It increases, and it's not based upon our behavior. It's not based upon our weakness. It's based upon his strength, which is made perfect in our weakness. What does that mean? We're weak. We're together. And because we say, I choose you, I choose life with you, even with our weaknesses, I think that's where the strength of the Lord comes in. I really believe that. I'm learning that the older I get. Just 
opening up and letting people in causes the glory of God to come. And it doesn't dissipate. It doesn't go away. It only increases. All right, I'll get back to where I was. But their minds were hardened. For until this very day, when you read the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted. So you wonder why we preach the old gospel of condemnation, why people don't want it. Because the veil is there. When you read it, the veil stops them from being able to see. Does that make sense? Because only through Christ is it removed. Only through Christ can people see clearly. Everybody still good? Verse 15, we're almost there. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over people's hearts. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, simple act of turning, the veil is taken away. And then he goes on and he says this, the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there's freedom. And then here's the like, if, if this wasn't hope filled enough, this wasn't filled with glory enough. He finishes it with one of the greatest messages of glory in the new covenant. But we all with unveiled faces. Nothing hidden between us and God. Are beholding as in a mirror the glory of God. All of us get to look at it. And as we do that, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Lord is of the Spirit. So as we do this together, as we look at the glory of God, we become just like Him. There's some things I want to point out in this, all right? And we'll close out. The first thing is in verse 6. He said he made us adequate ministers of a new covenant. I want to change the word adequate to, to its definition that says competent or empowered. Every one of you are a minister. Would you say that? I'm a minister. Come on, say it. I'm a minister. You minister to yourself. Let's start first. First ministry, we minister to God. Think how it may, listen to the, the blessing that came in the new covenant. In the old covenant, only the priests and the Levites could minister before God. No one else had the privilege to come before God with songs and dance and ministry to him. There was a divide between the secular and the, and the sacred in the old. And only those people that went through the, the rituals and had the bloodline of the Levites could even stand before God and minister to him. But in the new covenant, he made us all ministers. Where every one of us in our own unique ways, our own gifts, our own abilities, our own weaknesses and our own strengths can stand before God and minister directly to him. All of us. So we minister first to God. Second, we minister to ourselves. Did you know that? Hello? You're your, pa- you're your own pastor. You are your own prophet. You're your own teacher. It's absolute. When I'm upset, 
How many have ever been really upset and you and people knew it and they were trying to minister to you and it just didn't do anything? Anyone ever been in that place? They were saying wonderful things. Everything they need, they were like, perfect. you are professional encourage, encouragers. Everything you're saying right now, I need, but it's doing nothing for me. Why? Because my first ministry is to God. I have to do first things first. My second ministry is to myself. If you're finding that you're surrounded with people trying to minister to you and it does nothing for you, go back to the things you did at first and minister before God and minister to yourself. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. You know, it's so important that every one of us figures out how to dive in this book. Just literally devour it when we need and minister to ourselves from it. I'm telling you, when I, when I read the Bible, I'm, I'm not looking to preach a sermon. This is the absolute truth. People ask me sometimes, how do you prepare for sermons? How do you, look, you don't want to get advice from me on preaching. You just don't. I, don't. I do not sit down and prepare outlines for sermons. I just don't do it. I used to do it when I was younger, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not reading this to get something for someone else. No offense. My first ministry is to God. My second ministry is to me. And I heard someone say this years ago that if it feeds us as ministers, it will feed the people. So I minister to myself. When I read the Bible, I don't think, oh man, our church really needs to hear that. My eyes, my, my spiritual eyes when I read the Bible is I need to hear this. How can I, how does this apply to me? If I'm going through a hard time, God, how does this help me right now? It sounds selfish, but it's, it's absolutely vital. Because if I don't minister to God and if I don't minister to myself, nothing else is going to help me. Now, our third ministry is to others. So you're all ministers to God, to yourself, and to others. You have a ministry. It's a responsibility, but it's a privilege. It's a great responsibility. It's a big responsibility to be the CEO of a company. But look at the privileges the CEOs of the company get. They have both sides. With responsibility becomes, becomes privilege. Amen? So, and I want you to hear this. So you're all ministers, and you're competent ministers. You're adequate. You are good at ministering. You're good at ministering to God, to yourself, and to others. You are empowered. You have everything you need. I don't want you to ever feel like, I don't know how to minister to, to myself in this situation. I don't know how to minister to my family in this situation. I, I know that, that in life, you're constantly faced with, how do I minister to myself and others? People, how many of you have people come to you for advice and for help? You know why they do that? They recognize you're a minister. They just know it. They may not even think those thoughts. They may not think anything like, man, I go to them because they just, they're just drawn to you. Why do you think that is? It's because you're a competent minister of the new covenant. The Spirit of God is written on your heart, and they're drawn to it. Because it's not a ministry of condemnation. People don't go and tell their secrets to people that condemn them. Am I telling you? When you have a secret, you ain't looking for the meanest person to tell it to. You're looking for someone who have not, not just compassion, but a, a different kind of compassion where they will listen and accept you, and then they can call you out if they need to. But you're not looking for someone to condemn you. You're looking for someone to listen, to minister to you. So when, 
You're a minister and you're competent. You're adequate. You're good. Husbands in the room, you're a great minister to your wives. You are. You can do, you're a minister to your wife. It's true. Oh, that doesn't sound true. If, I, if we say things and if you say things that, that are biblically true and it doesn't sound true when you say it, find the lie. Find the lie. So if I say, man, I'm a good minister to Mandy and something just didn't sound right, something that I've believed a lie somewhere. You're a good minister to your children. Wives, you're a good minister to your husband. You know, it really is. Marriage is a ministry to one another. It's a service to one another. It is. Wives, you're a good minister to your husbands. Parents, you're good ministers for your children. You're great at it. Have you ever felt overwhelmed raising kids? I don't know what to do. Join the club. We all don't, we're all winging it. <laughs> you are adequate. You are competent. You are empowered because he is living inside of you and he has written this this competency into your DNA as you said yes to him. Amen to that? That's good news. The second encouraging thing is you're ministers of a new covenant. It's not of the letter which kills, but it's it's of the spirit which gives life. Let me say this. Every act of obedience... Every act of obedience is valuable. It always gets rewarded by God. Did you know that? I I have so many times felt this myself, and I've heard other people say, oh, well, that wasn't really that big of a deal. Absolutely, it's a big deal. You obeyed the Lord. There's no grading scale on obedience. It's just obedience. There's not like super Doppler mega obedience. It's obedience or it's not it's disobedience or it's obedience. If the Lord told you to wear tennis shoes to church today and you said, yes, sir, that sounds so foolish. It's not foolish. It's the wisdom of God to obey him. I remember um, three or four years ago, I woke up one Sunday morning and the Lord told me to wear shirt, shorts to church. I was like, that's so stupid. That's just Jared wanting to wear shorts to church. He's like, no, I want you to wear shorts to church. I was like, that is, that, all right, yes, sir. I got up, I put shorts on. I go around the house, I'm getting the boys up. I come down the stairs, I walk into the bedroom, and guess what Mandy says to me? I think I'm supposed to wear shorts to church today. I was like, good, let's wear shorts together. I won't feel so stupid. Jack and Jill. And <laughs> so we wore shorts to church. I, why? No reason. Absolutely have no idea why the Lord told us both separately to wear shorts to church. But we said yes. And so I get rewarded for saying yes to the ridiculous task of just wear shorts to church. The Lord may tell you to do something. No one, no one even sees it. Maybe no one even saw you do it. Pick up that piece of trash in the foyer of the, of the doctor's office. Why? I don't know. Just pick it up. Yes, sir. You picked it up. The Lord remembers and the Lord rewards. You're ministers of a new covenant where every act of obedience is an act of warfare and it will be rewarded by the Lord. And every time you obey the Lord and you serve somebody, listen to this. As ministers of the new covenant who are competent, adequate ministers, every time you serve someone out of obedience and with love, it writes something on their heart. 
that will never go away. If you're an acts of service, love language person, this is for you right now. Every time you serve someone out of a heart of love, you are writing eternal things on the hearts of people you serve. And it's so valuable to them. It's so valuable. And God will always reward you for it. Amen? Then he goes on and he says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. See, liberty literally means to do as one pleases, comma, to do or to omit things that have nothing to do with salvation. To do things that have to do with salvation or to omit things that have nothing to do with salvation. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty where you can actually do what you really wanted to do all along, which is please the Lord. I I know this to be true. The world can say whatever they want. Atheists, agnostics, Satan worshipers can say they have no fear of the Lord and no care for God. But I know inside of every human, there is this desire, there is this seed planted in us from birth where we want to please the Lord. I know it to be true because we were created in the image of God. And that is there. And when you and I, as ministers of the new covenant who are competent, adequate ministers and serve people with love, we carry the atmosphere and the presence of God with us. We're bringing the freedom and the liberty of the Lord. We're now people who had an aversion to religion, had an aversion to Christianity, who even had an aversion to God, can choose for the first time in their life with freedom to do what they really wanted to do all along, and that was to please the Lord. You can impact cultures and cause people to please the Lord without even saying a word to them, just by carrying the presence of God. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I like to say it like this. The Lord announces his presence with freedom. All right, I'm going to skip and just go to the last thing. As competent ministers of this new covenant of the spirit, which brings life and glory and his presence. We're beholding the father, the glorious one. And as we keep looking at him, the end result is. We will look just like him. I love how the the scripture says it has not yet appeared what we will be or what we'll look like when he returns. But what we do know is that when he returns, we will be like him. (laughs) Don't stop the process. When he comes back, when you see him face to face. (laughs) How about this? When you see God for the first time. You're going to behold him as in a mirror. And you're going to see yourself in him. Like for real. And you're going to look just like he does. Amen. Now that's good news. That's why we do what we do. That's the hope. Everyone good? I just want to, I just felt a, 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 thing, a word I want to, I want to give. And I, I feel like, I feel like this is for the church, for everyone that wants it. Podcast, whoever you are. 
feel like this is for you. The, the Bible often refers to the kingdom as the mystery. We're alive in the mystery. We've been granted as overseers of the mysteries of God. I feel like this year the Lord's going to begin to reveal mysteries to us. Like things like this, like where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Like there's, there's, yeah, I can understand that with my brain and I can feel that in my spirit, but there's still a mystery to it. Like how does, how does God do that? I feel like things like that throughout the scripture, the Lord's going to begin to reveal mysteries to us. Not just so that we can know them, but so that we can pull other people into an experience with that. I really believe that with my whole heart. Like, I, I feel like it, we're going to move beyond the mystery being revealed for personal benefit into mystery being revealed so that we can release it to other people. Like, this is a transition that's taking place. I feel it in my own personal ministry. I feel like there's a shift from, from I'm trying to, I mean, this has been seven years since I've been pastoring. I've been in full-time pastoring ministry for 22 years. Like, it's, it's really been, but I still feel like I don't know anything. Like, I don't know, but I do know. I do know, and it's not just the preaching that I, that I know I can do this. Like, I think I know how to help other people do this. Like, I really feel that's, that's happening. And your unique callings and giftings right now, I feel that the Lord's unlocking you. And, and you have this mystery, like you make things look easy. Like there are things that every one of you in this room that's unique to you that you make look easy. For some, it's hospitality. Vivian makes hospitality just look easy. You do. You may not, you really do. Mandy's mom makes hospitality look easy. I, I would have to fight to learn the gift, that kind of gift. And I love people. I love being around people, but it's different. They make it look easy, right? You have something that you make look really easy. That means that's the glory of God on you. And you have a secret. You have a mystery that you understand. And you don't even know why you understand it. It's like, I just know how to do it. Kyle's songwriting. How does he write so many songs? My gosh. And it's not like he's just writing crap songs, right? Like these are amazing songs. How do you, I sit down to try to write sometimes. I'm like, man, I, I feel like I'm left-handed in my brain, and I'm normally right-handed. I, it doesn't fit, right? It doesn't make sense. And he's just, oh, I just wrote that in like a minute and a half. Like, shut up! <laughs> what? You understand there's glory on you in a gift, and you, you, you know it. The Lord's going to teach you why you know this gift so that you can bring others into it. Come on, listen to me. He's going to show you the keys to why you know that thing. That, I don't know. I just know. I don't know why I know. How, I don't know even know why I know that. I don't even know where I learned it. I just know it. The Lord's going to reveal to you the key that you have. It's the key of heaven. He's going to show you it so you can say, hey, come here. This is how this happens. This is how this works. Lord, I just declare that over this house, over people in the podcast right now, in Jesus' name, that you will begin to reveal to us the mysteries of the, of the glory you've placed inside of us, that we would grasp it and understand it, that we may pull other people into these types of encounters, that we may begin to mentor and train and release others. And I pray that as we do that, there will be an increase of glory. There's always a, an exchange, when an exchange of giving happens, 
takes place, whether it's inheritance or a gift, there's a supernatural exchange that takes place where, where things magnify. And I declare that as you begin to give things away, maybe it's to your children, you teach your kids to, to know hospitality. or what, As you do this as an inheritance or as a gift to someone, there's going to be an increase and a magnification of your gifting in your family and in the people that you minister to. I really feel that strong. Write, write, please write that down so I remember it. I'll pray into that for till forever. <laughs> it's just true. Amen. Would you stand? We're going to close service out. You guys are awesome, by the way. I just think you should know it. We're all awesome, and it's okay, right? <laughs> it's okay. <sighs> Jesus. Amen. Remember that. Remember to do that to somebody. Well, Father, we, right now, I ask that you would unlock us. Yeah, unlock us, release us, open the pen. <laughs> I see that that picture from the internet. It shows a a dog or a cow or something running through the gate. It says, "Live as if someone left the gate open." I just release that over you right now, that you would live as if someone left the gate open. It's like, whoa, this isn't supposed to be this fun. I release that over this house right now, God. I release the joy of the Lord. I ask you to bring back the, the happiness of serving you, the happiness of life. Bring it back, Lord. I ask that you would stir up the gifts and the competence that's inside of us as ministers of a new covenant. I pray that we would stay looking at you as we become more like you and see your glory, that glory would increase in our lives. God, I pray that we become competent ministers to you and to ourselves and to our family, those around us. I pray there would be great fruit from that ministry, God. I pray that we would experience freedom and liberty that we've never experienced before in our lives. Lord, I, I feel that the last two years you've taken us personally on a journey of freedom and what that looks like. And God, I thank you for it. And, and I, I love that not only did you give us the freedom, but you gave us scales with the freedom where we can weigh what's worth something and what's not worth something what's valuable what's not valuable and i love that you give us freedom and scales and I, I just release that over this house now lord that we will be so free and so wise at weighing things god i pour courage into everyone here as ministers they're wonderful ministers of God. Y'all are wonderful ministers of God. When you worship and when you minister Him, it breaks His heart for, for joy. Oh. Father, I pray that everyone here will become even greater at ministering to themselves. To strengthen themselves in the Lord. Yep, to learn the art the key of David, the strength in himself in the Lord. I release that in Jesus' name. Would you pray for your neighbors as we close out? If you want prayer for anything, you will come to the front. But I just felt like we should pray for one another now. And wine is found in the cluster. It's the community is where it's at. Father, I ask for an increase of presence, increase of glory. I pray that you do good things for their families this, this season. I pray you bring families together. I pray for restoration, God. Restoration in families in Jesus' name. Restoration in marriages. Restoration in relationships right now. Financial breakthrough, God. Hmm. A renewal of hope. 
We just, I pray we become the most hopeful people in the world, God. In this room, that everyone will become the most happy and hope-filled people. That we would be foolish in our hope. That we would be foolish in our joy. Because you said that what the world thinks is foolish is wisdom to you, God. Make us foolish in hope and foolish in joy. And last thing I say, God, strengthen our hunger for you. We'll stir it up. We ask you to strengthen our hunger for you, God. Like never before. Let us do what we did at first. Let us return and do what we did first. Back to simple, basic things. And God, if there's someone in the room, someone on the podcast that's just afraid to trust, whether it's you, whether it's a spouse, whether it's the church, whether it's someone they, they, they're really close to work with a parent, I pray right now, God, that you would give them the courage to trust. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus says the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you, how I've proved you o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. What a great song. Good job, whoever wrote that. I know you're in heaven, but good job. Well, we love you guys. I need to say this. Someone lost a a Visa card. It's it's not a credit card. It's a gift card. And it was found in uh, one of the seats in the back row. And we don't have any idea whose it is. Um, But but we need to, to return it to its owner. So if that's you, come see me, right? And... We'll make it yours again.